Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com and I know you will too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com Rob Kendall, Tony Kennett, Jim Merritt, the program Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics. Let's introduce our panelists. You know him from the Daily Signal, also the Tony Kennett Show, Saturdays 1 to 3 here on WIBC. Tony Kennett, hello. Good morning, guys. Let's get started. And you know him from 30 years in the Indiana Senate. He was also the 2019 Republican nominee for mayor in the city of Indianapolis. Jim Merritt, hello. Robert. All right, let's start with the big story, which is the property tax bills are showing up in the mail. I got mine. My neighbor got his. And, well, they're very, very, very high. And, Jim, I'll start with you. We've talked about this before. Republicans are either A, asleep at the switch, or B, just don't care. I'm leaning towards B because they did nothing, and now everybody seems really mad. Well, coincidentally, Robert, they are dying right in the middle of April, probably April fifteenth, April twentieth, and the and the bills are going to come due right then and uh, right at the beginning of May, and it's uh, it's very hard to understand why why they didn't start working on this last summer. They could have had a great opportunity. They had everybody in Indianapolis for that uh, wonderful special session they had, and they could have put some real good solid work into developing a strategy for the May 10th and November 10th bills, but failed to do so. Tony Kennett, I lean towards Republicans are really excited about all this extra revenue that will go to these local governments, because that seems to be the excuse from those who, you know, may represent Seymour and be on the social media at 1215 in the morning is, uh, well, you know, what about the local governments? Don't you want good local governments? How are you going to fund the local governments? They seem very excited about the big property tax bills. And this is one of the things that really annoys a lot of Hoosiers because they don't actually see the results of where the money is going to in an increased way to solve anything. The roads are still terrible. The local governments still don't have the funding, theoretically, to do what they need to do, or at least so we're told. And public schools are still crying about how they are, can't rub two pennies together, even though their budgets are ballooning every year. So they continue increasing taxes, but the end result for every Hoosier is, what for? You know, Where am I actually seeing my money going to? And as of this moment, I don't see any Hoosier you're walking around saying, you know, I'm really glad I'm spending money into the great big black hole of nothingness. And that, that seems really effective for me and my family. Yeah, that's- and also, Robert, it's scary. That windfall, people really are living paycheck to paycheck these days, especially in places like you, you talked about with Jasper and Brownsburg and places like that. And I, I just don't think people down the street are, are really feeling understanding and right now Travis Holman has a has a bill that looks at the whole tax system in the state of Indiana but Robert Tony it 
it uh, it, well, it, it won't pay years. that it's bill take, in May. Yeah, it's going to take years for them to get through that. And yeah, who knows exactly. what they'll even two come years. up with? Two years. Yeah, and who so, knows? So the so the question to, to you and and I'll um and I'll start with you, Jim, and then we'll we'll go to to Tony on this. Why? Why didn't they do something? We were talking about this a year ago. We were reading the assessed values that people were saying, here's from the assessor's office, here's my new assessed value. Well, we know how the property taxes are formulated. We know that it's a percentage of the assessed value. Some people have different deductions, but by and large, it's 1%, uh, you know, maybe a little more if you have a referendum, maybe a little less if you have certain deductions, but it's going to be 1% of whatever the assessed value is. You know, if your assessed value went up $60,000, well, your property bill is going to go up about 600 bucks. You, you, you know that. They Regardless know that. of all that, what you just said, the legislature deals with crisis. They they could only look at what's right in front of them. They can't look down the line. And uh, and, and this isn't into a crisis situation. It will be uh, after they sign a die and leave the state house in April. But they just don't deal with anything until it just smacks them in the face. You know, and to build off of that, I think one of the largest things that bothers. Uh, Republicans in the Indiana State House is moving away from the status quo. We find great comfort as a legislature uh, by just sticking to what we know, sticking to what we've always done because it is tradition, and adjusting it slightly as is necessary. When it comes to sweeping tax reform in the state of Indiana, it's not going to happen because none of the legislators that I have talked to yet are willing to take a look at all of the Indiana code, all of the laws, all of the precedent, and write something that is going to better suit Hoosiers because it is too much work for them. And it includes too much explaining to the media when we know that staffers do most of the work anyway. There's not a disruptor in the bunch. Yeah. No. And where do they go, Jim? Where did all the disruptors go? That's a great point. They have left. Uh, They've left the building, Robert. And uh, and I don't even know if they were there in the first place. But when you look at 2004, Mitch Daniels traveling around the state in that 18-month campaign, looking for input and and understanding that you've got to measure your results and if the results aren't what you want you change you need disruptors in state government the next governor of indiana has to be a disruptor tony or or the status quo is just not going to be acceptable and this is one of the things that bothers me because i look at a lot of the indiana republican output as far as marketing as far as uh, campaigning on on their social media platforms and they've used the same lines and in, in the same literally the same lines verbatim year after year after year some of these things are seven or eight years old now where they're talking about how indiana is a state that works its taxes are so low it's such an easy place to go to financially and it spends its money responsibly and yet those things are objectively, not even in a political sense, but from an objective financial sense, they are no longer true. And they are getting roasted in these replies, as they should, because the things that they are marketing to Hoosiers are no longer verifiably true. They may do some things well, but when it comes to taxes and financial handling, they are absolutely foolish. Well, there's no risk. I mean, right. there's no interest in risk. And in politics, it's safe. It's comfortable. If you don't, if you don't, you know, push for the next frontier of change, you know, and you've got a supermajority, you're going to elect a Republican governor in 25. Yeah, why change? Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, by the way, it's Rob Kendall, it's Tony Kennett, it's Jim Merritt's program is uh, State House Happenings. That's a great point, Jim. Let's get into that. I maintain, and I've been saying this for years now, these people who go, well, what choice do I have? I have to vote for the Republican. And I've been telling people for years that is one of the worst things you can do. If somebody doesn't earn your vote, don't give it to them because it emboldens these people to, as you just said, do whatever they want because they say, well, 
what are you going to do to me? You're not going to vote for a Democrat, so it doesn't matter what I do. Right. In the primary, uh, in, in the general election, or excuse me, the primary election is really the election nowadays mm-hmm. in these in these Senate and House of Representative districts. And so you've got to toe the line, and there's no reason to bring up anything that's controversial. Right. Indiana's direction is decided in May. It always has been. And this is one of the things in the last 20 years that has become a serious problem in the state of Indiana is that complacency is not uh, stymied by the results of competition. There is no competition for the seats in the state of Indiana. You wait for some guy to retire or die, and then the next (laughs) picked person takes the seat. And that's the truth. There are young men that are waiting in the wings at this moment to take the seats that are appointed and allotted to them. And I know because I've talked to them and I've talked to their handlers, and it continues to be so. While I watch the the Democrat Party in Indiana suggest more insane measures, the Indiana Republican Party suggests... Uh, nothing, nothing at all. They just continue to do absolutely nothing in the area of economics and trust that, again, Hoosier complacency and also anger at the federal government will carry them through to the next term. So far, they've been right, and that's what angers me the most. That's an excellent point, Tony, that you have people who desperately want to be politicians, and so not only do you have these people who stay there forever, who do a terrible job, who never want to leave because they need the power, the paycheck, whatever, but then you have people who are waiting to be them. Political science majors, man. (laughs) I can't stand it. I talk to people, I so I'm in in politics. Real real, real quick, but the the point on this, and then I'll, I'll turn it over to you. The point on this is they plot at a local level on how to be the next guy, so they spend their time at a local right. level with legalized vote buying, and so it's just a it's just a cycle, right? It just it's, it just con- keeps continuing. Yeah, but Robert, the thing is, is that person, and I've seen I, in my time in the Senate, I saw three uh, three senators from the same district, meaning. Uh, in 1990, there was a senator, and then it turned over three times, and it's all the yeah, same thing. Yeah, you're old. Thing. Yeah, I'm old. But the, <laughs> <laughs> there's the fear of the unknown, and there's there's not a vision uh, to you know break some China. Uh, there's just they don't want to go to the edge. And that's what we need from our leaders, Tony. However, I I would push back, and I'm being my own devil's advocate here, and saying that the problem is a lot of the people that come to break the eggs to make an omelet break the wrong eggs, and they end up making fools out of themselves in really embarrassing ways. Uh, I mean, I'm several representatives in the last year that I'm not going to name come to mind, where they're going to come in and they're going to shake things up, and then they get up in front of the media, and they act like idiots. They have no idea what they're saying. They just start saying things that they believe, saying things that they've seen on Mm -hmm. Facebook. Mm -hmm. And it it is embarrassing. No wonder some of the establishmentarians want to maintain control in the House and not let any new guys in, because these unknowns are embarrassing. And that is a way to flip an Indiana district to a Democrat. Now, the obvious solution to this is a competent individual or set of individuals that is also a bit of a firebrand. Case in point, we see this in other states. Arkansas, Florida, Nevada, Oregon, and Washington have contingents of Republicans in their state legislatures that are very strong firebrands but are very competent in their areas of expertise. We don't have that in Indiana because we don't need it. The majority of Hoosier voters are apathetic. That's why our straight ticket vote count is so high in November. It's a duty. You don't see high numbers turn out in May because they don't have to. Nothing really changes here, and that is a serious issue. Yeah, that's a great point. So years ago, Merritt, see, I was almost Merritt's colleague at one point uh, there in the (laughs) Senate, and I decided to go back and do this instead of do that because I thought, well, 
you can't make a difference. I mean, it would be fun for me because I would make it a total you-know-what show and <laughs> show all the things Jim and his friends were doing. We've but, talked about this too many times at this point. But but there was a, you're not going to make any difference. So if you're not going to make any difference and they there is, as you mentioned, a total stranglehold basically on the power structure, yeah, it would be fun for me and it would be entertaining and we'd shine a light on it. But if the goal is to shine a light on it, I'm better served here. And so you make a great point, Tony. These the, you got to get a, a large group of people, right? One or two people is not going to make a difference. No, and it needs to be, and the difference needs to be made at the right time. Hoosiers start caring about politics in October, and that is a large, yeah. large mistake. Care about it in May. Come out and, and argue with some people in May. Tell that representative that really wants your vote in the primary to come out and talk with you. Jonathan Lamb in Greg Pence's congressional district drove all the way out to the middle of nowhere to sit there and, and on the hood of his pickup truck have coffee with me for like a half an hour. Just sit there and talk about very detailed points about his campaign. That man wanted my vote. I, I, I've never heard. I've never seen Greg Pence in person. Have you? And the same with a lot of the state house members. They'll come and they'll give you three minutes at a fundraiser or a Lincoln Day dinner. We love our Lincoln Day dinners here in the state of Indiana. And we'll, they'll all come and they'll shake your hand and they'll give you that Diego Morales grin. And they'll say, hi, I'm really no, glad I know you. I'm going to have your vote. And then that's the last you hear of them. And then they pay no attention to your values and they go do whatever they want at the state house. Merit over under 300 Lincoln Days you've been to in your life. Uh, over. Over, <laughs> but you know, Robert. One thing that uh, Tony and 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 you have to consider here is that a lot of times uh, success in government has to do, do with dealing with data, and data is not sexy, but it, it it offers results if you follow the data. And and it's one thing that you can't explain, and people just don't have the confidence it to to deliver the uh, opportunity for people to understand how good government comes about and. You know, there there's going to be a lot of um, a lot of sad people when May 10th comes and the property taxes are here and they just didn't do anything about it, and and if we knew the data, they wouldn't be so high. Uh, Rob Kendall, Tony Kennett, Jim Merritt, the program State House Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. We're talking about these property tax bills that have shown up. Let's go back to that. Uh, it seems like whatever is being done this year. We actually had Cherish Pryor, who's a Democrat, on the Kendall and Casey show. It was last week we had her on. She's got some ideas on property taxes. Are all of them great? No, but at least they're ideas. It's more than we get from most of the Republicans. It seems like they have gone, whatever they're going to do or will do, or who knows if they'll do anything, but if something gets accomplished, air quote, that they went kicking and screaming. It just seems like there is no desire to help with the property taxes, and it's weird because those people should be paying property tax, too, in some shape, form, or fashion. Jim, you know these a lot of these people. Why don't they want to get into this issue? Well, they got thirty days to do it if they have some <laughs> some solution. Well, a year ago, last year, yeah, and, and I, I frankly, I don't know what they can do. The bills are out. It's going to stun people. They might be able to figure out in November, but but uh, uh, Tony, the it, it's cast right now. They they're going to be stunned. Their taxes are coming in the mail now, and. I, I, I've racked my mind about what they can actually do in this budget uh, that would be uh, profound and show that they care. Well, we've we've made our bed. I mean, the, the bed is already, like you said, the bed's already been made at this point. I'm not really sure what they they could do or what they're going to do at this point. The Indiana State House, in, on you know, in either of the houses, has never really done a good job of, uh, like you said, reacting in the moment. Uh, you know, making a quick change or a quick save to, to do anything. No, everything is very slow and arduous and, and lethargic. 
And I don't believe that there's going to be any kind of reaction to save Hoosiers from ridiculously high property taxes. I'm going to be throwing more money into the trash can. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's, again, because no one did anything to elect better representatives. Well, they've had the last three or four months, if you will, to sell the idea of having a credible thought. Wait wait a minute. minute. Are you saying that the the, the Indiana legislature should have advocated why their ideas were good? You know as well as I do, and I've talked to both of you about this, the Indiana Republicans have no communication policy at all. Their PR is horrible. And I say that as someone who builds Twitter accounts with hundreds of thousands of followers like I'm snapping my fingers. It's not difficult. PR is very easy. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, when you give the political science major the Twitter account, nothing happens. (laughs) No no one explains anything to Hoosier. Why would you need them to care? They're going to vote for you again anyway. Why should you tell them why they should care about a policy? All right, so ultimately, are we just going to be in the shut-up-and-pay world going forward? I mean, again, Jim, I I think you're a good person to answer this because you were a part of a time in this state in 2008 and then in 2010 where the General Assembly said we recognize there's a huge issue. Now, do I agree exactly with what you guys did? No. I think you shifted taxes more than lowered them. But at least you did something big, and you talked to the public and said, here's what we're doing. And for a while, that kind of worked and kind of helped. I mean— it doesn't seem like there's going to be any of that like what you guys did 15 years ago. You know, in one of the Indiana Jones movies where that big boulder is is <laughs> falling oh, Indiana Jones through classic. that tunnel. Absolutely. Well, the boulder's coming at us. And uh in and, and and we're this property tax uh, such assessment situation and uh it didn't get Indiana Jones, but it's going to get the taxpayer. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com and I know you will too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com Rob Kendall, Tony Kennett, Jim Merritt, the program of State House Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Let's shift shift gears here. And there is a big bill that has made its way through the General Assembly. It sits on the governor's desk. And this bill would essentially say, hey, if you've got a minor kid, you can't transition that kid. Conservatives are pretty happy about the bill. Liberals seem very upset, saying it's going to take away parental rights. Holcomb is all over the map on whether he's going to sign it or not. You know the amazing thing about Holcomb is that he can give a one-minute statement and I feel like he changed his mind four times inside of the <laughs> statement in which he gave. I heard him talk about this the other day, and it, it was on uh, Wish TV. Uh, we'll play the audio on, on the Kendall and Casey show, where he starts out and sounding pretty strong. Yeah, legislature, you know, has the ability to to you know make medical policy, blah blah blah. And you're thinking, okay, he's really going to do this, and then he starts hemming and hawing, and by the end, you go. I don't know what his opinion on this is. Am I the only person that sees that every time? Basically, like almost every time Holcomb speaks. No, because Holcomb doesn't actually have any beliefs, uh, does he? I mean, Holcomb is the the classic diecast politician. I don't think there are any 
issues that you could press Holcomb on and get a straight answer from that's longer than three sentences. Uh, and, I, and I mean that seriously. Look at every area of policy. I do not actually see. And I know friends of mine that are uh, that are kind of pro-Holcomb, and they, they cannot answer that. They're like, well, he's he's in a difficult position. No, he's not. He's the governor of the state of Indiana. <laughs> lead. Lead, you child. <laughs> lead our state, which is what you were elected to do. You have a lot of voters and a lot of legislators who want this bill passed because kids are getting mutilated. Sign the bill. Quit goofy footing around because you're scared of another Nashville. Uh, Merritt, you know Holcomb well. I ruined your relationship with him. He used to be good buddies with him, and now he won't return your phone calls, and that's all my fault. I think we know that's true, and I'm sorry about that. But look at all the fame and fortune you've accrued over the years being my uh, being my buddy. Uh, what What is Holcomb's deal? Why can't he give an answer? I, uh, well, first of all, uh, if passes prologue, I thought he would he would veto it. Yeah. Uh, but until you right. started talking about this Ch- Channel 8 interview, I have no idea. My assumption is he will veto it because of what he did with the bill last year. And, yeah, yeah and, that's that's interesting, right? I mean, he was. Yeah, it he, is precedent. The high school uh, high school sports trans bill that would forbid people from the opposite sex from playing right. in a high, Indiana high school. Right. I think he'll ve- I think he'll veto the bill. Yeah, well, that, and that was why it was so weird yesterday. He came out. It's like he caught himself in the middle of his answer to wish to wish TV where it was like, he comes out real strong and goes, yeah, you know, the, the law, the lawmakers, they have the ability to write medical policy in the state of Indiana. It's totally in their purview. And then it was almost like something dawned on him. Oh shoot. My chamber friends are going to be really mad at me if I talk remotely, remotely common sense here. So I'm going to uh, put myself back into a pretzel. And then he's like, I think his quote at the end was like, I won't dither on it. It was like, what does that even mean? It's a bright and dark. Holcomb is is trying very carefully. He's he thinks he's being careful, and seriously, he does. He thinks that he is he is trying to thread the needle to maintain support. And everyone knows that's what he's doing. He knows that's what he's but doing. But he's lame duck, Tony. He is, and yet he thinks he has a future in politics. What he does not, maybe yet, no. And I'm serious. People have told him this. I've watched them say this to his face. I do not think it has yet dawned on Holcomb that he has made himself a political cancer, a pariah, that many in the Republican Party no longer want to touch. By the way, on, on, the, on Capitol Hill in D.C., we're a laughing stock. He is a laughing stock, and not just among the the like Freedom Caucus members. The establishment members mock him, mock our state because he has no leadership skills of any sort. And with regards to this bill, all he can do is flounder. He knows it's going to get a veto override anyway. It just happened in Kentucky. And it's going to happen here as well because we've seen the results. This is harming Hoosiers. It's harming Hoosiers in professional areas like in New Prairie and in South Madison and Pendleton. And this is something he needs to sign. Does he know any of that? Does he care? He's just trying so hard to squeak through the shadows. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about this bill. Why would this be controversial? Kenneth, we'll start with you. This is kind of your wheelhouse. You write a lot about this stuff. Why would it be controversial to say, look, if somebody as an adult wants to chop or grow or shot or whatever to change their body and try to change themselves, if they believe they can change themselves from a man to a woman, vice versa, great. But as a kid, you don't know what you want for dinner that night. You don't know who you want to date. You don't know what you want to do with your life. You don't know anything as a child. Why would you let why would we let you change yourself from a man to a woman or, or vice versa? You know, Jim, Jim, and we, you said this earlier that uh, the data is not sexy. 
And and the funny thing is, in this kind of a situation here, you have a lot of establishment Republicans who don't read the data. You're not allowed to give your kid a pack of Marlboros or a fifth of whiskey because it's child abuse. It's damaging to their bodies. Guess what? You're not allowed to give a kid dangerous hormonal treatments because they decided today that they want to be a, a girl or a goat. It doesn't work like that. And so the data says that it's harmful. The long-term data doesn't exist because no human civilization has ever been stupid enough to cut off their kids' reproductive organs. However, establishment Republicans, they want to be really careful on social issues. They want to be really careful. Well, we, we're, really, the Republican Party is just a big tent, and we just got to make sure everybody's happy, and we all just like low taxes, even though we don't pass low taxes. So that's really what we stand for. And then when you bring in bills like this, they don't know what to do mm -hmm. because the common sense and also the real life examples and also many of the situations that have arisen around the state say this bill needs passed and it needs passed now. Yet again, if they go forward and pass this bill, then they look like big, bad, ugly bigots and the media goes after him and WTHR and Arika Heron at the Indy Star write mean articles about them. Well, and they just they have no backbone. It's interesting you bring that up because... Uh, a friend of mine called and said, I read five newspaper Indianapolis Star articles about transgender in the same newspaper in the same day. Yeah. And he was in, he was just stunned. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. He subscribed to the Indy Star? Well, yeah. We, we <laughs> found one of the last five people subscribed to the Indy Star. So, so, that, so Jim makes a good point. Uh, one, let's start here. And Tony, I'll start with you and then we'll go to Jim. Are you surprised it's made it to the governor? I'm actually somewhat surprised given the fact that just a week earlier, two weeks earlier, Rod Bray refused to hear a bill that would have banned DCS from being able to take being able to take your kid if you don't support transitioning. Are you surprised it made it to the governor? And two, are we making too big a deal out of all of this when it reality is it probably affects a very small portion of the populace? Uh, so the, the both of the answers I'm not surprised. And the reason that I'm not surprised is because this is a very different bill than the one that Bray, you know, got cold feet on. Uh, so how, how so? Because you would say if you support that you can't let a kid transition. Oh, no, I agree. The bill should have been brought forward and it should have been passed. I, I'm, I'm not saying that it wasn't hypocritical. I'm saying that to mess with DCS policy requires a lot of looking at court precedent and rules for when a kid can and can't be removed. It it just gets into the weeds really quickly. I'm not saying that I agree with it. I yeah. don't agree with it. I'm saying that I understand why it got cold feet. Do I think he made the wrong move? Yes. Do I understand why he's like, oh, I don't want to dig into that right now? Sure. Is that it? He didn't want to do the work? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, that, that's definitely it. I, I don't think that it's because he secretly wants trans kids to, you know, whatever. No, I don't think that's the problem at all. I think that he just got cold feet. There's a lot of legal precedent to dig yeah. into. Um, as far as uh, the second matter that you brought up, I really don't see, at least in the next couple of weeks, uh, a lot of like scheduled transitions but this is again a matter on principle that you are not allowed to physically abuse your child yeah. and a medical whether through physical surgery or whether through hormonal treatments are incredibly harmful to the child and establishing a precedent that says trans children are a real thing there's no such thing as a child that was born in the wrong body you don't affirm a mental disorder you don't tell a schizophrenic you can also hear the toaster talking that's one of the reasons this piece of legislature is so important legislation excuse me <laughs> Get it? Um, has anybody told you what a wordsmith you are? Your your ability with the English language. He, he has a knack. I was thinking. I was thinking driving into work today. I was like, Kenneth is who I would be if I were smart. <laughs> Robert, you know, I think one thing that this brings to the fore, other than this one person who uh, who subscribes to the Star, 
and, and, and what their point was, was they were worried that, you know, how many people actually does this affect? You know, less than one of 1% or something like that. But what this brings to the fore is Senate Bill 1. And, and the focus on mental health in the state of Indiana. Right. And, and funding that a great deal of that bill because this is the issue of our time. And, and I, I think we need a, 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 a constant look at how people are suffering out there uh, from mental illness. And I, I, I hope that the um, legislature kind of gets away from the transgender issue and focuses more on mental health and how we can help people. Again, and that's the core issue that we actually need to take a look at because people are trying to draw common threads between mass shooting incidents and violence incidents and the the increased rate of suicide and suicide ideation. And they tried to draw the common thread between all of these. And there are two common threads. Common thread number one is there is a severe mental illness problem in this country that remains untreated, not because people don't try to treat it, but because people try to treat mental illness the wrong way. Affirmation is a horrible way to treat mental illness. It does not work. It Robert, has never why worked. can't I talk like him? Well, because he's very smart. He's got. <laughs> you many, guys stop doing he's that. Got like, many, he's you got guys many, realize the fall you're setting me up for. He's like, got many degrees. I, uh, you're exactly right. And but it's the issue of the day. We need to fund it, and it's conservative. You've got to take care of those that are suffering, and and that's a that's a great uh, point to make in in government policy because the data shows that we have people suffering from mental illness across the country and in Indiana as well. It really, and this is the, the second thing that I think is the biggest precursor to mental illness is unfettered access to the internet and to media as a child. That's it's great. coming All issue. of the data, by the way, remember, data is not sexy, but here's the data. You hand a kid an iPad, you hand a kid a phone, they are 86%, 87%, depending on some studies, out of Berkeley and out of the University of Oxford, are 87% more likely to develop anxiety, depression, or a dysphoric illness, anorexia, bulimia, gender dysphoria, body dysmorphia, whatever, mm-hmm. by the time they hit 12. Also, 38% more likely to enter puberty three years earlier if they're on devices unfettered. The internet is a large precursor. If you sit on it, and by the way, 20, 20-something-year-olds as well. Millennials found this out. The reason that millennials have such a larger problem with anxiety. Ten seconds, yeah, it's it's just the biggest it's the biggest issue, and people don't want to talk about that because they like comfort. What a sterling panel we had today, Tony Kennett, Jim Merritt. Thank you, my friends. Thank you, Robert. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com, and I know you will, too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com. Rob Kendall, Jim Merritt, Tony Kennett. The program State House Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. You can find Jim Merritt on Twitter at Jim underscore Merritt at Jim underscore Merritt. Tony Kennett on Twitter at The Tonus, at The Tonus, T-O-N-U-S. Me, I'm on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall at Rob M. Kendall, and you can hear me weekdays 9 until noon, weekdays 9 until noon, the Kendall and Casey Show on 93.1 WIBC. For Jim Merritt, for Tony Kennett, I'm Rob Kendall. You've been listening to State House Happenings.